Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. All right, today we're starting, I'm going to be starting a message series for the next few weeks that I tie to the kingdom family. The kingdom family. This is our year of kingdom power and authority. Uh, And we spend a good deal of time. Something is wrong with this mic. Do I need to change it? Huh? Use the hand here. Okay, I need that. Hallelujah. Okay, this is better. Amen. All right, so we're going to be talking about the kingdom uh, the, the, the kingdom family. Uh, we're going to actually look at the element of a kingdom family, and I trust that uh, uh, this will bless you greatly in Jesus' name. I'd like us to start from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, and I want all of us to read it together. Uh, it should be on the screen. And uh, I want everyone to join me to read this verse of the scripture. Can we go one, two? For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. God is a family man. God is a family man. He created a family. The church is his family on earth. God is God of family. And the Bible says, every family derives its character, its name from God. God is the originator of the family. He created family. And there's a family on earth. There's a family in heaven. So the prayer here, I mean, the the thanksgiving here is of of him, the whole family on earth and on heaven is named. The family is the bedrock of God's order. Without family, there's no order. God created a family institution first because it is the bedrock upon which every other institution will be based upon. Where there's chaos in the family, there's chaos in the society. And what we have in the world today is chaos in the family. There is a deliberate takedown and destruction of the family unit. And as goes the family, so goes the society. So the family is under fundamental assault from every angle. And the family is not as strong as it should be. And therefore, the society is not as strong as it should be. Many of the problems we have in the society originate from the problems in the family unit. But as children of God, God has called us to be light in the midst of darkness. And that's why in the next few weeks, we're going to look at the subject of the kingdom family. And we're going to look at it from the perspective of the element of the kingdom family. Today, we're going to spend some time to talk about the kingdom man. 
But before we do that, I want us to take us back to the beginning. Because the kingdom, to have a kingdom family, we must have the kingdom man. I mean, we must have the kingdom woman. And we must have, obviously, kingdom children. And we must have kingdom parenting. So we're going to talk about all this in the next few weeks by God's grace. Amen. But I want us to read the account of creation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. I will start from there. The Bible says, so God created mankind in his own image. I want you to notice the word mankind. Some of your bias uh, translation will just say man. The word translated mankind there is actually the word Adam. That's the word name Adam. Adam is a generic word for mankind. The rest, the, you know, mankind is not, it's not a gender word. It's not male. It's not a female word. It is just a word. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. And there are two versions he created of mankind, the male man and the female man. So the Bible says he are male and female, he created them. Uh, so this is just talking, it's giving a summary of the account of creation. If you go to Genesis chapter 5, Verse 1 and 2 also allude to that. I described that in a different way. He said, this is the written account of Adam's family line. I want you to see that. This is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God, both of them. All right? There's no spiritually man, male and female. They are the same. So he created both of them in the image of God. In the likeness of God. Verse 2 says, he created them male and female and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. So God said, this is mankind. I want them to have, you know, to have two. I want them to be two different species. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and it takes both of them coming together to form the clear image of God. So God is not male, God is not female in the kingdom. Male and female come together to represent God's intent. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, these two verses we talked about just give us a summary of God's creation. Just gives a broad summary. Now, we can look at the detail of how he did it from Genesis chapter 2. If you go to Genesis chapter 2, now you begin to see the details, which is from verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to walk it and to take care of it. So after the Lord created them, he, took them, he, he created the man first, you know. So he took the man, he created the male man first. So he took the male man, and that's important, and he put him in the garden of Eden. That means God put the male man, he created an environment for him, and that's very important. Put the male man in an environment. And the next thing he did is he gave him an assignment. All right? He put him in the garden. And he said, I want you to walk the garden. And I want you to take care of this garden. So the garden represents the environment the Lord intended mankind to live in. And he gave the male man, right, the responsibility of taking care of it. The responsibility of, of walking it. 
If you read other versions, actually, it's the responsibility of protecting it. So he gave the mailman the responsibility of protecting the place that God has given to him. The next thing the Lord did was to give him, to give him instructions. Verse 16, the Lord God commanded the man, which is the mailman in this case, you, he said, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, it, from it you will certainly die. Now, there was never an account that this was later given to the female man. Because at this point, the female man has not come out yet. Right? So this is describing how it happened. Right? So God created one version first. And that version becomes, obviously, the representative, becomes the leader, becomes the first person. The Lord gives him the instructions here. The Lord gives him what he's supposed to do, <clears throat> which is essentially what both of them are supposed to do. So the Lord gives the man instruction, and the Lord tells him, this is what you're supposed to do. There was no account that the Lord repeated this. The Lord never repeated it to the female man when the female man was created. And this is very important. It was the male man, which we call man in general, that was supposed to really take all these instructions, uh, the understanding of what we're supposed to do, and give it to the woman, which we believe he did eventually. I mean, from the temptation of uh, Eve. Now, in verse 18, the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, it wasn't that Adam was lonely. When you read this place, you can erroneously think, oh, man was lonely, therefore he needed a man. In fact, Adam probably didn't know, all right? Abraham probably didn't know he was lacking anything. Now, but the Lord looked at him, he saw that he was incomplete, all right? At this time, he was incomplete. So the Lord decided to do this in stages, but he put him there, he gave him instruction, and he looked at it and said, no, there's something incomplete about this. All right? This needs some completeness. So the Lord said, it is not good. That is not perfect. The word good there is not perfect. It's not ideal. This is not how it's supposed to be for the man to be alone. Now, I will make a helper that is suitable for him. I will make him a suitable helper. The word suitable helper comes from the Hebrew word called Ezer. Ezer is actually the word helper. Uh, and the word that is suitable, the word translated suitable is word kenegdo. So actually, in the uh, people who study this is Ezer kenegdo. It's a very popular word. If you just type it, you see there. Ezer kenegdo simply means a suitable helper. In fact, the word translated, the word Ezer occurs about 21 times in the Old Testament. Most times it is used for help that comes from God. In fact, it's only twice it is used to represent a woman. All right? When you read many of those Psalms where he says, the Lord is my help, the word translated help there is the word easer. All right? So the woman is a form of help from God. The man needed assistance. The man cannot do the work alone. Generally, the uh, generally the when you need an airport when you cannot accomplish the tax alone. How many of us, you need a better helper? Hallelujah. So, so he said, the, he needs a help. 
that is suitable. Suitable, a help for what? A help to complete the assignment that has been given to the mankind. This is the origin of family. This is what, you know, this is the origin of family. Very important. Now, if you go to verse 19, now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals or the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord wanted to really say, you know, let's see whether he can find a help out of the rest of the creation. He couldn't. And uh, so it was clear at that point that the man needed a helper. Then verse 22, uh, actually verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs. All right. The Lord didn't have to go back to create anything out of mud. He just needed to create another version of what he has created. So he took uh, one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now the bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. Hallelujah. So this is the account of creation. This is how we have male and female. Male and female really, uh, they are one. Uh, two versions of one. Hallelujah. To form God's family. Now, and that's why it's important to know that the building block of a family is the man and woman that makes up the family. It is very, very important. The, man, the family is only as healthy, as strong as the individual that make up the family. And the way I want to talk about this is not necessarily to talk about marriage per se. We might get to that. But it's to talk about what kind of a man and woman will really make a kingdom family. Because I believe the assault that comes upon marriage is the assault that comes on the individual man and woman that make up the marriage. In order to have the kind of family that God envisioned from the beginning. God envisioned a family where two people come together to fulfill his purpose. And the two of them are healthy, they are strong, they understand where they are, they understand their role. And they can fulfill their role and fulfill God's purpose. So man was not, man and woman were not random creation of God. We were creation of purpose. The man is supposed to be the leader, all right? Because he was created first. He was supposed to have been there first to give the instruction, to keep, to protect and the, the leader, from God's perspective, is the servant. Jesus later explained later explain this to us from Matthew chapter 20, what leadership means in the kingdom of God. Many men don't understand this today. They think leadership means I'm the boss, I'm the commander, I'm the king, I'm the lion of the, of the tribe of this house. No, 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 no. That's not what you're supposed to be. Right? 
you are the protector. All right? You are the lawgiver, instruction from God. You are spokesperson. You are the guidance. You are the protector. You have an assignment that is very, very critical. Now, and this assignment doesn't start when you get married. A lot, and I want to speak to a lot of even single men today. You must understand your assignment. When you are looking for a wife, you are really asking for something that is very serious. You know, you're just not looking for somebody to sleep with or to show to your friends, somebody to do. No, 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 no. It is a very, very serious job. Many of you don't know. You want to really walk into your leadership role. In fact, it is better for you to begin to practice that leadership role now. Because a man is always a man. A leader is always a leader. The problem with many men these days is they don't practice leadership at all. They don't understand they have a role. Then they get married. Then they want to lead. Or they don't know how to lead. They, lead. they don't have a clue how to lead. So I want to challenge you, single men. You are called to lead even among the single women. You are called to protect. You are not a prey. You are a protector. We have a lot of men in church today who are just prays, taking advantage of women, doing whatever they like. They, they, don't, they don't think they are responsible. No, no, no. Be responsible today. That is how God created you to be. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. You are supposed, you are created to lead. You are created to protect. You are created to guard. You are created to guide. If you have a female friend, that is your role. Your role is to protect her. Your role is to guide her. Your role is to be there. Your role is to be what God has called you to be. It is very, very, very important. Unfortunately, the enemy is really... You know, changing the minds of men, assaulting men's mind. Because if men cannot rise up to be what God has created them to be, we cannot have a good society. Majority of the failure we have in the society today is the failure of men to rise up to their responsibility. It's the distortion that we have in the way we see ourselves as men. If men really realize the enormity of the responsibility that God has placed on them, I think we will be more prayerful. I think we will be humbler. But unfortunately, many men don't know. So when you call for prayer these days, men don't even think they need it. That's because you don't understand your assignment. If you understand your assignment, you will, you, you will act differently. Let's look at some of the ways the enemy is attacking the man. So we're going to talk about, going to spend some time to talk about the kingdom man today. And my desire is for every man here to begin to walk in their kingdom authority and power, you know, from God. We're going to look at some of the ways the enemy is attacking the man, the male man. Some of the society ills uh, that is after men is addiction. More men are affected by addiction in the world that we live today. More and more men, overwhelmingly. When you talk about any form of abuse, substance abuse, whether it's drug, alcohol, when you talk about behavioral abuse, whether it's pornography, whether it's sex, no matter what you, you know, whether it's uh, gambling, 
there is this disproportionately more men who are affected. Why? You know, the enemy must want to ridicule you as a man. You see, because as a leader, you're supposed to have self-control. You're supposed to be temperate. Now, if he can ridicule you to make sure you are not in control, something else controls you. All right? That's how to make a mess of what God has created you to be. So you see, addiction means something else controls your life. You are not in control of your life. So many men are addicted to pornography. It affects their life. They lose their job. They lose their marriage. Many of them, eventually, they lose everything. They are not able to live a normal life without watching pornography. If you know the amount of money being spent on pornography, is billions and billions of dollars every year. And it's not talk about because, obviously, men are in charge of, uh, of things. So that will be ignored. You know, and it's, 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 but it's a very serious problem. Very, very serious problem. Something else is in control. Drug abuse, something else is in control. You that is supposed to be able to think clearly, supposed to make rational decisions, you, you are now being controlled by substance, being controlled by drugs, alcohol, or being controlled by many or some other behavioral things that, that is controlling, dictating your life. You're not able to make good decisions. You're not able to be there. You're not able to be sane. You're not able to be temperate. Because you are under this control. So the enemy is really working hard to destroy this, to destroy the man. And today we are going to pray. The Lord will set you free from all those addictions in Jesus' name. So you don't have to depend on drugs, on all these things, to live the kind of life God wants you to live. Another ill we find among men today is violence. That is fueled by anger. And that's why we read 1 Timothy 4, 8, or 2, 8 rather. The men, I want men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without disputing and anger. If you go to jail today, there are more men. And many of them are there because crime that is fueled by anger. Either they did someone crazy stuff. Why? Because the enemy must destroy, weaken this man. If it doesn't weaken the male man, it cannot weaken God's institution. It cannot weaken the family. So the male man is really under a serious assault from anger-related issues. A lot of men cannot control their anger. That's why you have a lot more men abuse women more, more than the other way around. When we talk about abusive behavior, 90% of time we find men in those. Why? Because the inability to control the anger. And the devil knows he can get you in trouble. He can, he can get you in trouble by just being angry, by just fighting, by just arguing, by just doing all these things instead of really submitting yourself to God. So you have a lot of men giving to violence. If you, if you look at road rage, you will find men there, right? pointing middle fingers at each other. Some of them have seen men with suit and tie get out of cars and punching each other. I've been at work where two men start fighting, you know, over nothing. 
just because of ego, they're not just able to control themselves. This is the enemy trying to weaken this, weaken the man, destroy the man so that the man cannot be what God created him to be. The next issue dealing with uh, men deals with is men deal with is pride. And pride is revealed in inability to acknowledge weakness and seek help. The least people to seek help are the men. The least people to listen to instruction are men. Pride. Men are likely, are less likely to take correction. Men are less likely to go to church. Men are less likely to pray. Men are less likely to go to the doctor. That's why we die younger than women. That's the fact. He may want to make sure the protector die early. Supposed to be there for the children. But he doesn't go to the doctor. No checkup, nothing. Just live the life. Feeling sick, he won't tell anybody. We're acting strong. I mean, that's a quiet way the enemy really does this. Men are like, are less like. And women, I want you to know that if you are going to marry a woman, I mean, a man, make sure they listen to instruction. Find out who they listen to. Don't just look for, don't just look for, because time will come, you're going to need someone to talk to, his, to, to talk senses to him. If he listens to nobody, he's a man for himself, he doesn't care. You mentioned pastor, you said, pastor, what? I don't care. Then you, you have yourself in a serious problem. Because that's how the enemy sets people up for failure. You're less likely to pray, man that is not interested in prayer. I don't know how many men attended the prayer last uh, yesterday. I wasn't there. We were at a different retreat. Where's my wife? Is he here? Oh, he's teaching. All right. We'll start making roll calls. But it's serious. If you as a man really know your role, you will be more prayerful than your wife. In fact, most times when women gather, to, women gather together, they pray for you. I mean, they spend a disproportionate time praying for the men. Because these men have to take decisions. These men have to rule, but they are not spiritual. They even put spirituality down. They have a way of saying crazy things. They depend on themselves. But they are not able to take it. They are frustrated. They go to the bar and drink. Then they start acting under the influence of alcohol. They are frustrated. They go talk to some other people who are not godly. They do not want to submit to God. They do not want to listen to God. Out of anger, they fight somebody. They find themselves in jail. I mean, it's just crazy how the enemy is after the man. But we are not going to submit to him in Jesus' name. We are not going to be in that. The men in this house will become men of prayer. Humble man. You see, humility means you acknowledge your weakness. And when you acknowledge you are weak, you seek help. And the best place to do that is in place of prayer. Woman, please ask, how is his prayer life? 
If he's not willing to pray, if you are if you're dating him, make sure he comes to prayer meeting. Men's prayer meeting is there. If he's not there, you're going to go through a lot of counseling. And you, you are going to have to pay, pray two or three times more, which is not necessarily good for you. Some of the time you should spend shopping and doing some nice things. <laughs> you spend it praying. Praying your own prayer, praying his own prayer for him. You need to even pray for him to be protected. He can't even protect himself. You don't need such a life. How about having a man who is always praying for you? I mean, I think it would be great. I mean, it's just there I pray for. And some women, too, if you meet a prayer man, you say, oh, no, I, don't, I want somebody that has swag. <laughs> the enemy is also messing up with your mind. Seriously, you need a man that can pray. When trouble comes, you don't need a man that will just run away. Prayerless men, they will run away from trouble. They can't deal with challenge. They can't deal with it. They just run away. Or they start acting crazy. They start going to smoke. They start going to drink. They start going to do all kinds of stuff because they can't pray. So it's very important. Pride is issue. It's the issue. The devil is also attacking men with lack of faith. Men are least likely to apply faith. But when men apply faith, great things happen. But the enemy knows that. He knows that when men apply faith, great things happen. But if he can t take away faith and cause us to rely on ourselves, you see, men, men like to say, I'm a macho man. That old macho man is really not, it's, it's dangerous. You must be a prayer man, not a macho man. Because there is strength you need. We are, we are no longer in the days, you know, it's, maybe it's good 100 years ago, 200 years ago, where all you need is physical strength to go to farm, right? To go and cut wood, you know, to go and hunt, to go and do all these things to be a man. Who cares about those things? Who cares about a man who can go to farm, who can hunt, who can do all these things? No, we, we, I care about a man who is wise, who is spiritual, who can hear from God, who can make good decisions. That is strength now, right? Strength is no longer, I have this. And those things come from God. Wisdom comes from God. And in, that's why it's very important. Stop. We don't need men who just rely on themselves. Because oftentimes that self is not enough, then they fake it. So they start faking strength. When they are, I mean, and the woman knows they are empty. He knows, she knows he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just making it up. He knows he's, he's weak, he's shaking. He's just making it up. So it's important to discover all these ways the enemy is really trying to take down this man. And singles, this should guide you. You know, stop all this, you know, his height, his complexion, his looks. Those disappear with time. The only, you know, the only people who talk about that are the one, women who are not married. If you talk, women who are married, those things, they know that those things don't mean nothing. They don't mean nothing. What matters is a man who understands the responsibility of a man. 
Hallelujah. There are a lot of men who can be good boyfriends, but they can't be good husbands. Be careful. They know how to be boyfriend. Oh, they know what to do. They know how to impress you. They know how to, they know how to play the part when it comes to being a boyfriend. I mean, swept you off your feet. You are like, oh, my God. <laughs> but when it comes to the responsibility of being a man, there, there will be a total failure. Be, beware of that. That's a deception of the enemy. Sometimes some of the men who can be good husbands might not necessarily be very good boyfriends. Maybe you need to compromise. If you have to compromise, compromise that. It's good if you find someone who can be a good boyfriend and a good, a good man, but he's not a good husband. But sometimes you, they don't come like that. But if you have to compromise, compromise on the person that will be a good husband. Praise the name of Jesus. That cuteness is not going to stand when trouble comes. Hallelujah. So, when a kingdom man functions according to the principle and precept of the kingdom, what will happen is order. What will happen is there will be authority. There will be provision. Most women still want man, a man who can restore order. Who is, who, who, because they rely on God. Because they trust in God. Because they hear from him. Not a man who just hears something because some people are talking about it in the bar. You just bring ideas to the house all the time. Let's go and do this. Let's go and do that. Then you worry why she's not buying it. I mean, if, you, if she sees you fasting and praying for three or four days or weeks, and you come up with the idea out of fasting and prayer, she's likely going to say, let's go for it. But if the idea is just coming from watching soccer, or watching football, basketball, you just jinx them right there, and they change every three months. How is, how is she supposed to do, you know? So women still want a man who is in charge because they, are, they hear from God, because they are temperate, because they are in control of their feelings and emotions. They are not just dancing to their emotions. Women, men were supposed to be stable, not up and down. Women are allowed to be unstable, biologically. They are allowed, yeah, they are allowed to. Biological wire them, emotionally, I mean. All right, they are allowed to go through that. They go through pregnancies, they go through a period, they go through all these things that can create that. But if a man is also fighting when she's fighting, angry when she's angry, down when she's down, how can you have a stable family like that? All right? So it's important for you, biologically, you're not wired that way. So don't impose that on yourself. And the only way you can do that is by trusting in God. Praise Jesus. What is the secret of the kingdom man? The secret is submission to God. And that's really what I want to talk about in the next eight minutes or ten minutes that we have. The secret of the kingdom man is submission to God. If you're a man here, you don't have to be intelligent. You don't have to be super cute. You, don't, you, can't, you can't choose that anyway. You don't have to spend all this money to make yourself look handsome. It's, it's irrelevant. 
Don't, don't be spending one hour in the bathroom every morning, which some men are begin to, beginning to do. One hour in the bathroom, just to trim all this, do all this, do all that, just to, <laughs> just to impress who. We don't even care. Other men don't care. And women care less, to be honest with you. You don't need to do all that to be a man. What we need to be the kingdom man is an equal opportunity to submit to God. And God is, God is so wise. It's something we all can do. You can be a short man and be submitted to God. You can be a tall man and be submitted to God. You can be light-skinned and be committed to God and be submitted to God. You can be dark-skinned and be committed to God. You can be Caucasian and be submitted to God. You can be a black man and be submitted to God. You can be Hispanic and be submitted to God. We can all. And that's very, very important. It's very important. In fact, I love Luke chapter 7. I'm skipping my note a bit. I'm going to the, maybe the last, the last, I'll go back to, to it. I'm going to the last, uh, you know, the last thing. That the kingdom man is a man that is under authority. In Luke chapter 7, the Bible talks about this centurion, a soldier. We say, a high-ranking soldier who came to Jesus, and that's so powerful, you know, he came to Jesus to have Jesus pray for his son. And when he got to Jesus, he told him, said, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but I say the word and my servant, but say the word and my servant will be healed. Verse 8 says, for I myself, I am a man under authority with soldiers under me i tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes i say to my servant do this and he does it so if you want to be a man of authority you need to be a man that is under authority and the real authority comes from god all right if you want to be a man that will be respected that will be honored a man that the wife will submit to, a wife, I mean, a husband, that everyone, I mean, that, that the family we admire, be a man that is under authority. If you're a man that is under authority, you will have a lot of authority. You see, you don't get authority by shouting. You don't get authority to say, I'm the head of this house, listen to me. Yeah, they will listen because they are afraid you're going to kick them. <laughs> or they will listen because they're afraid that you're going to use money to punish them. But that's not the kind of listening you want. You want people, your family, to follow you because they can't wait to follow you. Right? Because they know you just have something wise to say. You just have something from God to say. So that's very important. Though the centurion has powerful. I mean, those are the strongest people in those days. The most powerful people, military. People who will have all, and he still said, you know what? I'm going to submit to you, Jesus. And Jesus said, you know, I have not found such a faith. So it's very important. I'll go to Exodus. I'll read about two passages, <clears throat> and we're going to close. Exodus chapter 34, 23 and 24. This is under the old covenant. 
Exodus chapter 34. Three times a year, all your men, I want you to listen to that, all your men are to appear before the sovereign Lord. I want you to notice the word sovereign Lord because they are supposed to submit to the sovereignty of the Lord, right? The God of Israel. Verse 24, I will drive out nations before you and enlarge your territory. And no one will covet your land when you go up three times each year to appear before the Lord your God. God said three times a year. Three times a year. All your men, they must leave every now. This is a very dangerous thing to do naturally in those days. Those are the days when if all the men travel, they can come and conquer all your women and the property. But the Lord said, this is so important. This is so critical. If you're going to have a prosperous nation, if you're going to have a nation that is protected, if you're going to have a nation you know, that, is, that is really victorious, if you're going to have me fight for you, and if, going to have, if, if I'm going to enlarge your territory, man, the secret is in us. It's, 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 from, it's with us. Yeah, I respect women's prayer meeting, but men's prayer meeting is powerful. That's where the secret is. And I think our women will, they will be healthier if we pray more. If men can say, you know what? He said three times a year they must, they must go on a retreat. This is what he's saying now. They are to appear before the sovereign law. Why? Because they go to submit to the sovereignty of God. They go there to acknowledge we can lead this nation by ourselves. I can lead this family. I can lead my children. I can't just give them what they need. Do you know what your children look out to you for? They derive their sense of self-esteem from their father. You know that? If you're a man. They derive, there are so many things they just get just from their father. He's being present. He's being balanced. All right? He's being able to discipline without being angry. He's being able to be there. They love the jokes of their father better. Do you know that? Oh, kids love when they're... For some reason, my kids think my jokes are funny. I mean, they say, they, oh, I'm the funniest person. When I joke, they love it. When I play around, they are rolling on the floor. When I'm acting silly with them, oh, they love that. When mommy is acting silly, they say, oh, really, mommy? Just imagine what doing opposite would do for Kichira. Not being there, not being present, not being funny, always mean. The only contact you have with them is when they do something wrong. You're not there to guide them. You're not there to set the boundary. You're not there to pray for them. You're not there. When they need prayer, they know that they you don't go to daddy for prayer. Daddy don't do prayer. That's wrong. They know they can come to you and say, Daddy, my, my, my back hurts. And Daddy can touch the back and pray and give them a hug. That does a lot. And children who miss that, who don't have that, they, they suffer the consequence sometimes their lifetime. 
And that's why as a man, you need to get it right. And you cannot get it right by working two, three jobs, by act appearing that you are busy, by always looking at your watch when you're in church, like you're the, you the one to save the whole world. By always, you know, texting and appearing that you are this, you carry two phones. Even the president doesn't carry two phones. <laughs> you appear like you are there. And when we check, you are really very empty. Yeah. When serious life problem comes, you are, you are hiding under the table. You are there, go, my, my wife can pray. We don't, the men like that can't do well. Three times a year, they must appear before the sovereign Lord God of Israel. I would drive nations before you and enlarge you. If men would do that, I would drive nations before you. I will enlarge your territory. And no one will covet your land. When you go up three times each to appear before, if you do this, no one will take, you see, the enemy will not take your family. Your children will not be found doing drugs, doing all those things, and your, your wife will be the one running, seeing all the prophets in the land, worried, this, and you can't deal with it because you are not appearing before God. If you're a man listening to this online, this is very important to you. The key to the success of your family is not in your wife's hand. And if you're a man here, you are single, begin to learn that now what you really need to be a husband that is respected by his wife, loved and adored by his children, is submission to God. That's why 1 Timothy 2.8 says, I want men everywhere. I want you to notice. I want all of us to read that. Can you put that on the screen so we read it? 1 Timothy 2.8. Can we all read it together? Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or dispute. I want men to pray. They didn't say I want women to pray. Women are to pray, don't get me wrong. But the real emphasis is men praying. I want men to pray. And I want you to challenge you women, single women, ask about his prayer life. All right? Ask about his prayer life. Does he pray? You know why? That's a test that he does not rely on himself. That's a test that he's humble. And that's a proof that he's submitted to the sovereign Lord. And when he's submitted to the sovereign Lord, he's going to be submitted to other authority. You know, who he needs to submit to. And when he's doing that, he's going to be the kind of man that you want him to be the kind of husband that you want. It doesn't matter where he is now. It doesn't matter what he has. It doesn't matter what he doesn't have. What matters is, is it submitted to the sovereign law? My prayer for all the men here is you. I want all the men to rise up. I like to pray for all the men in the house. Hallelujah. I want to, like to pray for all the men in the house. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for these men. The assignment you have given to us is enormous. We cannot do it on our own. We don't have the wisdom. We don't have the intelligence. We don't have the wherewithal. 
to be the kingdom man that you have called us to be. But today we submit ourselves to you. We humble ourselves. We come before you and we ask, Lord, help us. We need your help. We need your help. Help us to be the kingdom man. The man, the man submitted to you. Men submitted to you that operate under the instruction of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I want us to, I want the single men to remain standing. If you are single, I want you to stand. All right. God bless you. Okay. So we're going to pray for these single men. They are future fathers and husbands, all right? And they, they need to learn how to do that now. And you need to learn how to do that now. As, you know, they, they need to do that. So I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I pray for this young man. Lord, I'm excited that uh, they chose to be in church. A lot of young men don't go to church these days. They're either watching, watching football game or doing all kinds of stuff, but these ones chose to be here. But more than just being here, I want them to know you. I want you, Lord, to begin to teach them how to really be kingdom man. Even to the female friends among them now, they begin to practice that. Practice how to be kingdom men. How to be men who are custodians of your word, of your instruction, and of the environment you have given to them. They will not be prey to women but they will be protector of women in the mighty name of Jesus. They will not be prey to children. They will be protector of children in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Can we put our hands together and give Jesus all the glory and honor?